Hey, badasses, and welcome to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name's Laurie. I'm here with my friend Jessica. Hello. And we're so excited to bring you today's topic where we're going to be talking about the balancing of masculine and feminine energies. Mm, I'm into it. Ooh. But first, we want to talk about uh, this week's very exciting badass of the week. This week's badass of the week. You guys have to forgive me if you're watching on YouTube. I have all my notes on my phone today. Um, Jane Seymour. Talk about a badass man. Bad um, Fonda. Fonda. Jane Seymour Fonda. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm like reading off of Google as we know her, Jane Fonda. Um, she's an American actress, political activist, environmentalist, and former fashion model. Um, she's still a fashion model. No kidding. Yeah. 83 years old I, and you're looking like that. Rocking my world. Um, my favorite game is good jeans or good docs. <laughs> and obviously for her, it's good docs because she has all the money, but, um, no, she's a beautiful woman. She really is. Um, and you know, whether you agree with her politics or not, I think that it says something about someone who is so willing to stand up for what they feel is right. Um, I mean, she's been arrested. Like, I mean, not that I would suggest you do that. You don't do it with the intention right. of getting arrested. I'm just but saying, like, when you have Jane Fonda money, like, I don't know, getting arrested is like, whatever. Especially when it's in defense of a, you of, know, a, um, of something that you truly believe in. Right. Of an activism, of being an advocate for something. Um, I know that she's very passionate about the environment. Absolutely. Um, and... She's an author, too. That's not even on here, Google. Um, but I know that she just recently came out with a book because she's been on yes. all the late night shows. All and... the shows. She also had like a multi-part documentary series that was on HBO last year or the year before that just seriously opened my eyes to her whole life body of work, mm -hmm. not just as an actress and an advocate, but like the girl has lived some life all right and done it with grace and style and, and has still... still like even in her 80s is relevant yes and i think that that's something that so many women battle with age and getting older yeah. is staying relevant we're gonna age ourselves out somehow. yes yeah. um but she continues to be funny as hell. She's on um, that Netflix show with uh, oh my gosh, Grace Lily and Frankie. Yes. Grace and Frankie is um, so good. It's the best. And obviously we know her from classics like nine to five with our other badass Dolly girl, Parton. Dolly, and yeah. of course, and Lily, Lily yeah. you know, as well. Um, like the original girl gang right there. Yes, Are you kidding? Oh, like original uh, girl gang. I just, it's so good. But Jane. We love you. Yes, girl. Thank you for everything that you've contributed to uh, showing us how to be a badass lady like OG right there. And uh, come on our podcast, please. <laughs> One day. That would please. be really cool. Awesome. So let's get into the power of masculine and feminine energy. Yes. Um, so I guess the first thing to bring up about masculine and feminine energies is that it's not really a gender specific conversation. No. And I was worried about that. I'm glad we're saying that now because yeah. I was worried about that going into this, that if we say he or she, it literally has to do with this idea of masculine versus feminine. Right. There are men who have feminine energy. There are women who have masculine energy. Yes. It has nothing to do with the gender 
spectrum. Well, and in the school of thought of masculine and feminine energy that um, everyone has both. So it's not because like I am a woman by gender and identify as a cisgender woman. However, I have masculine energy in me, you know, and vice versa. Any man is going to have a feminine energy that exists in them as well. So really what today's topic about is discussing the push-pull between the masculine side of you and the feminine side of you and how we create balance um, between those two energies because it's just such a fascinating thing to talk about. Um, So I guess one of the first things that um, I really attributed to like masculine energy was that masculine energy has this feeling and vibe of um, the provider, Mm -hmm. the productive, logical, control, yeah, like um, that it has that sense of the energy of I'm going to control the situation. I'm going to be in charge of it. I'm going to make it happen. You know, Mm -hmm. like that that's a very... That they're doers. Yeah, they get things done. Um, Whereas feminine energy is about receiving, being open, emotion, nurturing, empathy. Yeah. Um, So I guess you would say it was kind of like traditional 50s parental roles, you know, like if you were looking at that. uh, But, you know, so I was reading into this um, researching as we do with a lot of our topics and something that was brought up um, is that when we're talking about it and this made so much sense, a yin yang Mm, symbol, you know, um, that let me get to it. Um, feminine energy is receptive, nurturing, passive force that is understood as the yin masculine energy on the other hand, which is assertive, direct and action oriented is the yang. Right. But in a yin yang symbol, there's obviously like that little piece, um, in each side. Mm -hmm. And so it lives within all of us. Um, which I think is like such a fascinating thing because it also is about other dichotomies like light and dark, Mm -hmm. good and bad. And that we're not all of one thing. Right. Everything that's good may be a little bad and everything that's bad, something good may come of it. Right. There's nothing that's totally light and totally dark. And if you ask me, there's nothing that's something or wow, words are hard. (laughs) Um, Nothing is totally masculine or totally feminine. Well, because to your point, you wouldn't know what was light if you didn't have dark to compare it to. Yes. You know, and so when you're talking about the balance of two things on an opposite front, um, one doesn't really exist without the other. Precisely. So masculine and feminine energy, I guess it's also like, you know, I think balance is a word that is constantly brought up and how we... Um, strive to be more balanced, you know, like in having this balance. And we've talked a lot on this podcast about just that drive for success and achieving things and being good at something and how as a woman, I feel like a lot of my motivational drivers have been very masculine in a setup, you know, yes, where we're doers, do it, do it, do yes. it. Like, and go, go, go. And very, Rarely until recently have you and I 
kind of taken a step back from our masculine energies and said, you know what, we're going to let the universe deliver and provide. And we're just going to take a step back and receive, Yeah, you which know, has been a game changer. It's really wild, honestly. It, it, you know, and that's not to say that we still don't work really hard. We still work really <laughs> We still work really hard. fucking yeah. hard. Um, but that change in energy of, you know what, I'm going to try to stop forcing this. Right. And that if it's something you have to make happen, that it's also something that may happen a lot better if you would just allow it to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so one of the podcasts that I listen to a lot is Gina DeVee's divine living podcast, which if you don't know Gina DeVee, um, she's a really brilliant coach. Uh, she's coached in all aspects, but right now, like she is super focused on this idea of divine living, like that we've all gotten really good at divine productivity mm -hmm. and divine working and divine, you know, like accomplishments and making things happen. But how good are you at really living in your queendom, you know, is kind of the way that she comes yeah. at it. And that that means a lot of things besides productivity and checking things off the to-do list. Mm -hmm. um, and that even if you're talking about feminine energy, like if we're going to be specific to a gender role anyway, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, like you still have insane amounts of productivity that have to get done, you know? And yeah. that, that Tell me one stay-at-home mom that is a, a no. doer. I mean, oh, my God. Mega like, doers. Stay-at-home moms have a lot of masculine energy. Total, they'd have to. Like, yes, how do you keep charge? Yeah. Oh, my God. Running a household is a lot of, you know, business yeah. going on. And so, but how good are we at embracing that feminine energy where it is about emotions, nurturing, the soul, receiving, you know, like, and that somewhere I got this message that that feminine energy was weak, that it was, um, that it meant that you just sat back and let people do things for you. And that read me the wrong way where I was like, uh, 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 that will not be me. And it has taken me a long time to well, let go of that. Is, I don't think that's an accident. I think that that's, um, like, especially after researching this topic, I almost hate that it's called masculine and feminine yeah, energy. Totally. Um, because I think it doesn't do it any favors to feed into mm -hmm. what the gender role, social construct of everything is that being a woman is being passive and weak. And we just sit back while men do everything for us, which is not what today's episode is about. No. I'm just saying like, it gives it a connotation that it, makes you push that away. Yes. Like, yes. Feminine energy is bad. Right. And that, you know, no wonder why men take charge so much mm -hmm. because of that masculine energy. Right. Um, well, and it, it can go both ways. Like right. there are so many nurturing emotional men that embrace their feminine energy and then transform that into really productive, profitable, successful things, you know, whether that be a career or that be a family that, um, that there is no success in life. If you have all of your energy in one 
field or the other, you know, like if you drive headlong into masculine energy, but you can never get in touch with your empathy empathy, Mm -hmm. and you can never get in touch with your emotion and find ways to use those in your life that are productive. That's no way to live, you know? And, um, so yeah, this whole idea that there is this happy balance, you know, like how many of our boys do we teach that it's okay to cry? Not many. Or have hurt feelings. Right. You know, or or appreciate someone else's feelings, whatever those might be. Um, that I imagine it has to be equally hard for a straight man, for example, to feel okay being in touch with a feminine energy without feeling judged by that, right. you know, in one way, shape or form. It takes a lot of... Um confidence and assurance in who they are to be able to open up and be receiving and say, you know what, I'm a man, but here I am open, ready to receive. I have an open heart. Not, I think that we're getting there. I think that there are a lot of men who have come in and said, you know, I don't really subscribe to that bullshit, Mm -hmm. but, and then I love, um, you know, when Red Fox talks about masculine and feminine energy, she always brings it up a lot in a yoga class. You know, mm-hmm. typically when we're doing um, a warrior pose and she will call on you to embrace, you know, your inner warrior and to find that strength um, and that resolve to carry on and fight the battles that need fighting, you know. But then immediately when you switch to the other side of your warrior pose, well, then you're embracing your feminine warrior and all Mm. of the, you know, empathy and grace and strength that comes with supporting and birthing new life into the world, you know, and that, that, that is a really powerful thing and has nothing to do with, being a woman or being a man, you know, that embracing both sides of that. And it makes, honestly, I am not a fan of warrior. It's hard for me. Okay. Like, um, but I love doing this pose because it connects me so much to this idea that there are the, the yin and yang, like you said, you know, of coming at it from both directions. So it's, uh, it's a really powerful thing. I think when you can get in touch with both of them and know that, um, they both have such good purpose for you, you know, like I know that it's been since we've worked more with this idea of masculine and feminine energy. I'm really proud of the masculine and feminine energy tendencies that I have one way or the other, where before this, I probably would have judged one or the other more or less, you know, and been like, ugh, you're way too gooey and emotional about this, Laurie. Like you need to, you know, let it go and tough it up where now I'm like, Okay, like if that's the way that you're feeling I'm about going it, to allow it, you just need to allow it to be and appreciate it for what it is and give yourself a moment to just feel that. Um, and it's a lot easier way to go with the flow and deal with life. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, some interesting information when I was looking it up that masculine energy is often associated with confidence, structure and decisiveness. And I was like, okay, I definitely think that most of my confidence in the past has come from a masculine side, you know, like Mm -hmm. the things I am confident about structure, hundred percent, you know, like I like some structure. I feel like, you know, like, and that the feminine side of things, you, uh, 
you just have a different approach where it's so much more about that nurturing soul, which I think is funny because I don't have kids. And we've talked about this before that I'm a pretty heavy nurturer for somebody who and very maternal, maternal, you know? Yes. You're very maternal, but that in modern society, we have attributed so much of that to having children. When in reality, that's not really what that energy is about. You know, like you nurture ideas, you nurture the planet, you nurture, you know, like so many different things that require you to bring that energy up that it's really easy for us to just slap a label on being maternal and a nurturer as something that is for mothers, you like know, reserved for moms only. Right. And that's not true. No, like the whole planet at large is nurturing something, you know, right. that's growing and, and fostering. Um, and it's the reason why it's mother earth. Yeah, totally. <laughs> mother has spoken. Like, right. Yeah. Um, where do you feel like you're falling on the masculine feminine energy chart right now? Are you leaning more towards one or the other? I mean, I think that I exhibit much more masculine energy than I do feminine energy. Um, I am feeling a shift in, you know, allowing more feelings and emotions, um, to come through allowing more communication and openness with those close to me so that I don't shut anyone out and allowing holding space for myself, um, to just be and not having to force or control a situation. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's really interesting because I, I look at my relationships today with people that I love. And I think that they've changed so much. They've, um, I don't want to say flipped, but you know, I feel like I just used to be so hard, um, and cold, but also like really meek and don't look at me or pay attention to me, please. Yeah. Whereas, um, Whereas today I want to be seen, I want to be heard. Um, but I also, I think that my black heart may be turning a little of a different color. I mean, we're moving gold, through perhaps. gold. I mean, gold heart <laughs> is a beautiful way. Yeah. For um, addition. you know, um, that I think that especially as growing into a mother, I think that Adelaide has softened me up a lot more than I used to I mean, be. I mean, yeah, the, the feminine energy is uh, fierce. Well, especially with having a girl. Yeah. I'm surrounded by feminine energy with my little girl. Oh, my gosh. She is girly. I've never seen so much pink in your world. Like, it's pretty funny. Uh, I know. How the aesthetic has changed. I know. It's so funny because Adelaide has such, like, varying style. Like, if you follow me on Facebook, you know, like, one day she's wearing, like, black spider webs mm -hmm. and the next day she's wearing princess dresses and so it really um it makes me giggle when I look at pictures of us together and I'm like this semi-goth punk mom mm -hmm. with this little girl in frilly pink stuff you know yeah and um that I just I let it be what it is and let her do that. You know, I think it's precious. I don't know if I told you this, I may have, but the last time that Adelaide and I got to hang out, we were, I think we were at the salon mm -hmm. and we were folding laundry and 
I said something. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something to the effect of, girl, you're going to be the president one day. Like, <laughs> just you wait. And she said, no, no, no. I'm going to work for NASA. She did. And I know she did because she told, she says she wants to work for NASA. I was so time. proud of her. I, <laughs> I didn't, there was no way for me to like explain this to her in the moment. But first of all, I was so proud of her for shutting me down <laughs> and telling me, no, 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 I don't want to be the president. This is what I want to do. And said like she was so decisive and she was mm-hmm. so fierce about it. And she believed it so truly that um, it yeah, just. She says she wants to work for NASA so she can shoot rockets astronauts and rockets i forgot she has a whole speech that she does <laughs> into outer space she doesn't want to be an astronaut she's right. been very clear that she a, wants to shoot the rockets. she wants to shoot things into outer space i think that's a, a steady goal which i'm, I'm like it. hey if that means taking care of your mom and dad when we're older yes like more of that yeah more of that <laughs> i'm sure engineers for nasa do really well in the world <laughs> okay so. like yeah. she'll outsmart all of us um so yeah feminine energy is but I also, I guess to this whole point of masculine and feminine energy. Well, that was a very masculine was, thing of you know, to do. And I think about other little girls her age, you know, like we talk about Betty a lot on mm-hmm. the show that. A little firecracker. Betty has some serious masculine energy, you know, yeah. that comes out like, I love that in today's day and age that the first thing we put to little girls is not that they need to be polite, nice quiet you know like that they are really embodying this idea so far in this generation of these little youngsters Mm -hmm. coming up that it's okay to be loud and direct and decisive and you know like that those are traits that I don't think were always put in the forefront for little girls growing up when I was growing up and you know on the other on the flip side of that though I mean I'm not a mother to a boy but I, I feel bad for little boys. I know. Yeah. I feel really, really bad for little boys. And I just think of like, if I had a little boy, um, like how I would parent him. And, um, you know, I think it, I think it is kind of bullshit that it's okay for little girls to be tomboys. And, you know, if a little girl is bossy, I'm mm-hmm. using air quotes here bossy, leadership oriented, assertive, you know, if she likes Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, trucks and all this stuff that that's like really cute. Yeah. But if a little boy is emotional, crying, um, soft hearted, um, even likes, I don't know, baby dolls or, you know, whatever the thing is that people freak out about these days. Um, that that's not okay. That it's somehow... It's okay yeah. for our little girls to do that, but it's not okay for our little boys to do that. And I think that's bullshit. It needs to stop. Let these kids be who they are. Well, that humans are humans. Yes. And that to this whole conversation about masculine and feminine energy, perhaps if that was something that was more understood universally, mm-hmm. then we would have tools for how to feel when a gender-specific child shows interest in something that's not specific to their gender so far as you look at it, you know, like, um, because I think that there's a lot of emotions that we carry as adults that we like to lay, you know, like at the feet of children as they're growing up. Um, when in reality, like just being a human and growing up is hard enough, you know, like, do we have to put that extra pressure on our kids? Absolutely not. Let them be kids. Yeah. And that there's a lot of big, uh, topics that we struggle with in our adult brains that are not even on the radar for kids at a certain age that, and oftentimes, you know, when it comes to 
being on the team at NASA or being, Mm -hmm. you know, the president or any of, or, you know, like working at your local public school, that all of those things are things that people just kind of figure out on their own as they go through their process. Um, that, yeah, I, I love the conversation of helping little people embrace both energies in their Mm -hmm. world. I think it's what makes well-rounded people, you know? Well, yeah. And this might be an unpopular opinion. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into like being politically correct. I don't know like the best way to say this, but what I am going to say is that I think that if we did teach, especially our boys, that it is okay to have feminine energy, mm-hmm. that we would have a lot less aggression. Um, and I don't want to use the buzzword of, you know, toxic masculinity. I think that that's such a turnoff for a lot of people. Um, but I, I honestly feel that way that if we didn't teach our boys to be so masculine, I mean, I have no other way to say it. Like I said, I hate that it's even called masculine and feminine energy because it feels like assigning a gender to an energy, which Which just is, um, because it's not biological, but, um, I, I truly feel that way. I feel like if we just allowed little boys to embrace feminine energy and that that wasn't a bad thing, that we would be raising more open hearted, calm, kids and God, like I, my cousin has a little boy and believe me, he is all boy. That kid is precious as hell, but like trucks and running around and, you know, like he's just wild and so much fun. Um, you know, so I, I love embracing those parts of him because he's passionate about trucks and he loves it and he loves, you know, dressing up like policemen and you know like construction workers and all that kind of stuff but um you know I I think about that a lot especially with having a little girl totally well and I mean I know that we've kind of already like hit on this but that the idea even of being a tomboy if you're a girl is way more acceptable than a boy wanting to dress up like a princess yeah you know like and that girls have you know, you can go either way, even if you're just talking about sports, you know, like there's women's softball, um, but male ballerinas get a hard rap, you know, like, right. and so that, which let me tell you, Mikhail Baryshnikov could run circles around you. The most and... manly man I've ever seen before. No, Are you kidding? kidding? Like tights? Mm. Jesus. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying male ballerinas and I'm using Mikhail Baryshnikov as an example because I'm obsessed he's with so him beautiful. and he's yeah. such a beautiful being. And if you don't know Mikhail Baryshnikov, you do because he was on sex in the city. He was one of Carrie's boyfriends. I was so glad when they brought him yes. in. Yes. Um, like, dream. So, um, if you're like Mikhail Baryshnikov, who's that? He was on sex in the city. You'd recognize him. But, um, that man will, is more athletic than anybody. And, you know, if we're talking about this, Ooh, this is totally my thing. Okay. (laughs) I'm so glad we got into male dancers Yes, because, um, take someone like Gene Kelly. Yes. Who made dancing 
almost like a blue collar mm-hmm. manly thing. Whereas Fred Astaire was like top hats and coattails. Yep. And it was this fancy, almost white collar, um, men of privilege mm-hmm. situation. There was Gene Kelly, who was your everyday man. Like literally, I'm not kidding, in a movie danced with a mop, you know, and um, he was the Navy guy and he was these he played these manly characters and danced in a very manly way. He um, I mean, he had a grace to him for sure. Um, But what I also loved about Gene Kelly later in his career, this wasn't very popular and I wish it was more popular, was he had a TV show that showed the connection between dance and other athletic sports Mm -hmm. that you could literally take a baseball player and like, let's say a pitcher and the same motions that a pitcher does when pitching a baseball you could apply to dance and vice versa and it was the coolest thing if you've ever seen the gene kelly documentary um i'm totally losing the director's name ken burns burns maybe yeah yes okay i'm not even gonna look it up burns does a lot of stuff yes um that it's absolutely genius and it really um plays into this conversation that we're having that dance was looked at as this like Lady, you know, sports, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not even a sport, but Gene Kelly made it a sport yeah. and ath- he had an athleticism about him. Uh, it was a perfect balance. You know what? Who else comes to mind? Just thinking about this is, you know, when I was in ninth grade, I was a cheerleader, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and we had the first male cheerleader, like in the history of my junior high on our squad that year. Wow. His name was Carl. I remember like... When we got uniforms made, you know, like we had to find a uniform company that would make shorts instead of a, you know, like skirt. And he was an amazing athlete, you know, and but that and so at the time, I don't know if I was in ninth grade, that was like 92 or three. I don't know. It was early 90s. Um, There weren't a lot of male cheerleaders back then, you know, and definitely not in like junior high and high school age range. And what an amazing thing it was to have a masculine energy in a female group of cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. Or we talk about that a lot in salons, you know, like if you work in a salon and it's got all women in it, but then you introduce a male, you know, whether that's a hairdresser or a front desk team member or something that like there's this weird energy shift that happens when you have masculine energy Mm -hmm. and or, you know, it's the same if you have a male dominated industry and you drop a lady into it, you know, like I was about to say. So you at at your high school, you had the first male cheerleader, Mm -hmm. which we had male cheerleaders at my high school we had a female wrestler okay um i bet that was a dynamic shift only one yeah and i went to a big ass high school um she could kick anybody's ass you know what <laughs> i mean like and um she i applauded her um to go in there with all those boys and mm-hmm. god i mean not that i kept up with wrestling i had no interest in it whatsoever but there wasn't a girls wrestling team at yeah. my high school that did not exist so um i don't know how that worked with competing um i should look her up i was about to say that might be an interesting that might be an interesting conversation yeah. so anyway so yeah like just the shift of 
the vibes with the masculine and the feminine energy and finding um, that happy balance mm-hmm. in there, I think is a big, um, a big testament to trying to like, you know, in times past, like for instance, when I went and certified to be an educator and they teach you your learning type mm-hmm. and then you learn what learning type is not you. Mm-hmm. And they train you to teach to the opposite of what you are, you mm-hmm. know, like that obviously because I'm a verbal and audio learner, I'm going to be great teaching to other verbal and audio learners, but that I have to learn to teach to visual learners mm-hmm. because that's where I'm the weakest. And so if I focus on that, then I'll reach more people that way, you know, that's so funny because that totally feeds into how you and I do podcasts. Does it? Yes. Oh because God. remember oh, no, when we started true. this yes. whole thing, you Okay, Laurie will send me tons of podcasts that she only listens to. And for whatever reason, my brain cannot only listen to podcasts. I can do it for a podcast or two. But I am like, go on YouTube, look up the episode. Mm -hmm. I like to watch. I'm such a visual person. So that's true. It totally fits. Different strokes for different Different folks. folks. But to masculine and feminine that because I found myself so rooted in masculine energy for most of my life, that now that I'm trying to pay attention to the opportunities for me to approach things with a little bit more feminine aspect, um, it is amazing how well it works. Yeah. You know, like that all I got to do is lean in that direction a little bit. And I see the results in my life from me trying to change my approach to Mm -hmm. things. And it makes me, so aware of how, how many things I do without even thinking about it, you know, like that the way I approach life so often immediately falls to that masculine, you know, sense of things. Um, so yeah, just not doing things unconsciously and being aware of my motivations and things is helping me so much. Yeah. The idea of just letting go and letting it flow is it's been a game changer. So question, where would you put on the spectrum of masculine energy, feminine energy? Um, what you and I were talking about earlier today, um, in our program that we're doing Mm -hmm. generosity. Okay. Um, which I'm, I'm on the fence with this one because I feel like with male energy you provide. Mm -hmm. So is that necessarily being a giver or do you think that being generous is more of a female energy? I don't know why I, I don't know if I specifically seen or read anything to support what I'm about to say, but I feel like it's more feminine because when you're being generous and you're giving with no expectation of Of what you get back, that that's a more feminine aspect as opposed to a masculine energy where it's like, I will give you more transactionally for this in return. So, um, Laurie and I did a little, and I haven't even told you this part yet, but we did a little exercise earlier where we had to text one or three people. We had like five minutes and like, so the object of the um, activity activity was to just text someone either like just words or a gif or gif however you say I still don't know um or a meme or something um without an explanation and just saying I love you or I miss you or whatever the situation is. So I did that for a few people. I went through my phone and just a friends that I missed, I just quickly texted. And, um, so one of my friends, I 
won't say her name, but we all know how bad I am with that. <laughs> won't say her name. Um, loves Friends, the TV show. And so I sent her um, a gif of Rachel and Monica hugging. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, lady, I just want you to know I love you and you're on my heart today. And I miss you. I can't wait to hug your neck again. Um because she is very COVID conscious and we haven't been able to, I mean, I've seen her, but we haven't been able to like really be in close proximity or like physically hug each other in a very long time. And that's very different for us. And, um, she responded and said, um, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that today and went into this whole thing that something was wrong with her dog. It's very expensive. They were about to go back to the vet in a couple hours, whatever this emergency was, and that they're closing on their first house tomorrow, she and her husband. She's like, this is costing so much money and um, we're closing on our house tomorrow. And I just, without hesitation, we were talking about generosity in our program that we were doing, I just Venmoed her a hundred dollars. And, um, I did that because someone did that for me when a dog that I no longer have, I had to rehome her because she had extenuating circumstances and issues that I couldn't deal with. She was a very special situation. Um, had to have like $1,500 emergency surgery that I was not financially prepared for. And through, the grace of the universe, I allowed it to happen. Mm -hmm. I received the funds in less than 24 hours to be able to pay for the surgery because the vet wouldn't take payment plans. Right. And so, um, I don't have quite the money that my friend who gifted me all that money had. Um, but I knew exactly what that feels like when your fur baby is suffering yeah. and there's nothing to be done and you're, it's costing so much money and you're like, fuck, you know, how am I going to do this? So, you know, she didn't say an amount. She didn't say how much it was costing. You know, I don't have $1,500, but I do have a hundred dollars. Yeah. And because I have it, it's yours. Don't fight me on it. Mm-hmm. Take it, receive it. No questions asked. You know what I think is so interesting about that transaction, though, is like when you open up to the feminine energy and you allow things to come to you and you allow yourself to receive things without the beat up, which I think is important, without Mm -hmm. you beating up on yourself for taking it or feeling shame for taking it, you know, like you really receive it with gratitude and grace. Then when you're given the opportunity to do the same thing, man, it's fluid. You don't yes, even think I'd about it. I never thought about yeah. it because someone did it for me. It's so good. And like I said, I wish I could have paid the entire vet bill, like, but I don't even know what that is. But I just, no hesitation, just did it. But what's funny is that I would have never known that that was even going on. Yes. Had I not reached out to her and yeah. just said, hey, I love you and you're on my heart today. Mm-hmm. Um no accidents. No. There's a reason right. why she was the person that came up that you practiced mm-hmm. that activity with, you know, um, and that she was putting something out into the universe that you grabbed a hold of, you know, like right. that those things are um, fortuitous when they come together. And it's a really beautiful thing. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then I guess. I don't know, maybe we should talk to somebody someday who's like all up in feminine energy that's having a hard time with masculine energy. (laughs) I'm really interested in anybody who is um, 
so grounded in the empathy, emotions, and feelings that struggles with taking charge and being decisive and being the doer and taking the action and being the provider, you know, like, cause that's gotta be a totally different experience to come mm-hmm. at it from the other end, you know, like that. I don't think it's easy for me to shift into this idea of not making things happen, you know, and allowing things Forcing to come it. to me. Yeah. And, um, and then receiving those gifts with grace and not, um, hating on myself for taking something, you know, that maybe I shouldn't take that, um, that the other end of that coin has got to be another struggle, you know, that is, uh, that's hard to move through. We'll have to look into that. Cause I bet those people are out there for sure. That- hey, if any of you, <laughs> here's the call. <laughs> yeah. Call to action. All right? right. Um, if, if that's hard or you're finding that things that fall into a masculine energy category is something that you struggle with, maybe uh, DM us and we can elaborate on this to whole two conversation. Who <laughs> have been doers and providers, especially in their dynamics, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, in relationships across the board, totally. um, intimate relationships, family relationships, mm-hmm. friendships, um, were kind of like in charge a lot. You think so? I think so. <laughs> yeah. I've been accused of being in charge before. a little bit, maybe a touch. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love the, uh, the balance aspect of it though. Like too much of anything is not good. Nope. Energy, food, people play <laughs> <laughs> across the board. Um, that finding that middle ground and, um, and allowing yourself to stretch in the direction that is not your default is sometimes where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes where the magic happens. Yeah. I'm into it. I am too. What are we leaving out on the masculine and feminine fronts? Man, I don't know. I feel like that was a really good conversation. Yeah. Um, there's so much more to learn about it. And yeah, obviously. I mean, I, I got lost in like a Google rabbit hole (laughs) that I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a lot for my brain. And it was like one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I have got to turn my phone off. Well, and I, I guess I'm also um, excited to move into like some tangible things that we can do to help embrace the energy on the opposite side. So maybe some of this does come into, uh, I'm also working on delegating right now. You are. And doing a damn good job might I add so perhaps we delegate some of this conversation about masculine and feminine energy and we can post a red fox doing some of her yoga techniques with warrior where she talks about um, embracing that masculine and feminine side Um, because like I said just listening to her jam on that for a little while helps me understand it in my bones in a way that I think words are inferior, you know, like some of this energetic stuff is something that has to be practiced and, um, physically done, uh, that, uh, that talking about it kind of falls on deaf ears. So right on. Love it. So we want to know what you guys have to think about masculine and feminine energy. Um, And if you have any other context to throw at it, hit us up in the DMs and we'll have some more things out for you to see where we can illustrate this in other ways. Yeah. All right. Thanks, badasses. Bye, guys. Bye.